Get the best odds on all the big games this March. Download the Circus Sports Iowa app today. <clears throat> all right, here we are, episode two, the uh, still unnamed podcast here on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network with myself, I'm Chris Williams, and George Niang. Niang, I think that um, the one that we came up with last week, in my opinion, we can do better than that. We were going to call it like hoops and more. Like I, I think it was a fine effort, but I think we can do better than that. I like old man game with CW and George Niang on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. Because that's what everybody always said about you, and I'm old. What do you think? You know, I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. I don't know. I feel like there might be something better out there, but that's still a good one. You know, you know, George Niang always strives for the best. So uh, well, you, I, I always want to sit and marinate and think about uh, what what it could be or what it should be named. But I, I like where you're heading with that. Like we we can build off that. That might that might have to be the stamp. So. Tweet into us at Chris M. Williams, and uh, what is your Twitter? It's not just George Niang. It's there's like a thirty at the end. No, there's a twenty. That was my high school number, and Twitter oh. never let me change it. So to any Twitter people out there, you know what I mean? Give me a buzz so I can just have my name there and not look like a little kid with numbers at the end of my name. You know, the kids my age know. And there was like AOL Instant Messenger. It was like girls would have like XXO Cutie Pie. Da da da. And it's like, all right, you grow up and you're like, dang it, especially with emails. Like, people are like, what's your email? I had to get, like, a professional email when I left college. And I was like, uh, fan of cheeseburgers, three, two, one. Uh, so, you know, you, you grow out of these things and never think about to get new ones. So you really have to be professional. So You know what my online name is for the majority of things? Not a lot of stuff I use anymore. It was CW Hollywood. And the reason it was Hollywood is because I was obsessed with professional wrestling when I was in like middle school and I was a Hollywood Hogan fan. So that like that was that's my like online moniker and pretty much everything. So I feel you, man. Gosh, gosh, you need help. No, I know. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, that's uh that's pretty good. That's 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 a pretty good one. I thought mine was, was worse and less professional, but what are you gonna do? How's the uh last week been? Your your Portland Trailblazers um, didn't quite didn't quite live up to your expectations. Yeah, you know, uh, I thought they were going to do a lot better. You know, the the series was um, kind of you know kind of looking like they could pull off a game. I mean, they had a chance to win Game Two, and I think if they won that, it would have been tough for the Warriors to come in and win Game Three. But you know, what I mean, it's tough to. To uh, discredit, you know, the champions. Uh, they do a lot of great things. I thought Portland was kind of hitting their stride, and they had a really good team. But obviously, the Warriors are tough to beat. I have a theory on the Warriors. I'll get to here in just a little bit. I want to bounce it off of you because this totally could be a hack radio guy in Central Iowa coming up with conspiracies that are not legitimate at all, and we'll, we'll bounce that off of you. Um, the first story I did want to talk about today, though, uh, is Iowa State football. You, you're open to doing some football and stuff on here, right? Yeah, let's let's talk about Iowa State football. Listen to this. This is crazy. Did when I was a kid, I was obsessed with like the preseason magazines because you know when I was a kid, like the internet wasn't very prevalent until 
really when I was getting into high school. So it was a different world. And like, if you were a sports geek like I was, you know, the newspaper and these preseason magazines was really where it was at. That was the game. And I used to religiously pick up these Athlon and like the Phil Steele, all those preseason magazines. That was my jam. And this is a crazy stat, okay, man? The Athlon, I believe, is the longest. I think Street and Smith and Athlon are the ones that have been publishing these deals for the longest. For the first time in the history of the magazine, Iowa State football is a preseason top 25 team for Athlon. They released their top 25 yesterday. The magazines just hit newsstands. And to me, that is... It's notable in the sense no, there'll be fans out there, doesn't mean anything. They haven't won a game yet. It's notable, though, yeah. when it comes to context, though, George, because that usually what happens with these deals, and you saw it in your career at Iowa State, like we all kind of like pick up on something, something special is starting to, starting to brew up in Ames, right? And then it kind of spreads out and the media picks up on it, and the national media about a year or two later. This is significant for Iowa State to be appearing in a top 25 deal like this in the month of May. What do you think? Yeah, I think, you know, when you think about Iowa State's successful journey, uh, you think about this is just another step in the right direction. Um, you know, I was talking to someone the other day. When have you ever had um, an Iowa State guy drafted or two guys drafted in, what is it, the first five rounds? Uh, I mean, yeah, these are just, first four these rounds. Are just steps you're, yeah, first four rounds. These are just steps you're taking um, – to progress into where Matt Campbell saw this this place going, and I think you 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 slowly but surely get there. I mean, obviously Matt Campbell's moving a little faster than people thought, and he's been tremendous. But I, I think that's what growth is. Growth is seeing success, building off that. Now other guys in um, <clears throat> on the football team get to see that guys can get drafted out of here. You can be successful and make a life for yourself, and different things like that. And I think being a preseason top 25 shouldn't be looked at lightly. I mean, I think that's great and shows great things that are going on in our program. And you really should build off that. That should be motivation where like, all right, we're respected now. Now we want more and continuously want more and more and more uh, for yourself, for your team. And I think going forward, this football team is going to be that same humble, hungry football team and surprise more people than not. What's crazy to me, too, though, you mentioned the two draft picks in Hakeem Butler went the first pick in the fourth round, I believe, and then David Montgomery was drafted uh, to the Bears. And what's crazy to me, though, George, is clones lose both of those guys, and they're still likely going to be the most anticipated season in school history. And that what's I don't think that's been appreciated enough, like the amount of depth and talent that Campbell – has brought in in such a short amount of time where not only do you lose your best two players, but you're expected to be even better the next season. Right. And I, I think that just goes to show that Matt Campbell has done a great job of preparing these kids who are playing behind these studs to be ready to step in because when preparation meets opportunity, great things happen. I, I think he has it figured out or has the equation where give these guys enough confidence, enough discipline, enough reps, where they're playing behind these guys that they're not really going to over or pass over. So when they get their opportunity, it's going to be seamless. They've seen these coverages. They've gone over these things and practices. So they know what to expect when it comes down to it. And uh, I think Matt Campbell does a great job of really preparing his kids and keeping them humble and being ready for their opportunity. So when it does hit, 
they can hit the ground running and people can be like, whoa, who is this kid? But meanwhile, in the football program, they're like, oh, we, we knew this kid could do this. Have you, uh, have you spent much time with Campbell? Um, you know what's funny is um, I, uh, when I came in the summer, my uncle wanted a, and his buddies wanted a tour of the facility, and I reached out to him, and he was just so welcoming and so cool and asked me how I was doing. Yeah. And uh, different things like that. He's just a stud, man. He's confident. He's a he's a great leader. And it's like, who wouldn't want to hang out with Matt Campbell? I mean, he's just he's living life right. I love the guy. I what's funny is I, I mentioned this last week to you. I think about Finley about just over my years of being around, and now that I'm doing their games, just there's certain guys when you're around them, you just kind of soak up their energy, and you you just feel like you can learn life skills from them. Campbell, man, is just full of that, though. And, you know, and him and I aren't even that far apart when it comes to age. He's only a few years older than me. But, like, uh, he is he's one of those interesting guys where I know, he knows football. I'm not, not taking that away from him. But he he's more of a leader and he's more of an organizer and a CEO than he is an actual, like, X's and O's guy. And that's what I, – I don't know. Like, the word culture gets tossed around so much in sports. But I totally see – how Campbell buys into that to the way that he does when you're able to get behind him or with him behind closed doors, you know, when it's not five cameras in front of him and, you know, and reporters, it's just a, it is a, it's a really cool vibe that he puts off. Yeah, no, they, both of those guys are studs for Iowa state and they do a, a great job of, of representing the university. And I think what, what we stand on at Iowa state is, uh, those authentic relationships and you know with coaches and players sometimes they give you this fake Joe Schmo answers but you get so much authenticity with those guys and especially Matt Campbell and Coach Finley because we were talking about them and that means more to these fans than than people can ever know I think authenticity is is all you want from the people that you look up to and those two give it to you day in and day out all right, um, that's all I got on Iowa State football. I did want to move on to a couple of other things here while we have you, George. The NBA playoffs, we'll, we'll continue on to that here momentarily. But you called me last week, and this was right around when the I think the G League Combine was going on or just wrapping up. And we, we hit on this just a little bit last week as far as we were talking specifically about Taylor Horton Tucker and Lindell Wigginton and Mariel Shayok, obviously the Iowa State guys who were in Chicago. But um, call, tell our listeners, and by the way, the outcry and the support that you guys gave this podcast last week was unbelievable. The numbers were. Yes, were, we, appre- we appreciate you guys. Thank you for yes. that. The, the feedback was so positive. We loved it. Keep giving us more. What can we do better? Yeah, absolutely. But you, George, run down to our listeners the the theory that you had with me regarding the NBA and the combine because I started to um, really get into that after we had that conversation. No, I just think it, it, it's a funny mixture. You know, the NBA, all they really want with, with all the guys that are coming in is they want to a glimpse and to see what these college kids can do. And these college kids are falling right for the bait. You know, I think, you know, if you're ready for the NBA or not, um, I think that's just a, a thing that you should know and people should advise you and you should really look at 
the cold hard facts of you being ready. There's some guys that are going to be lottery picks, and there's other guys that just aren't ready yet. And I think the NBA is looking to weed those guys out by letting you do these early entry um, choices. Come in, you may get invited to the combine. They get a glimpse at you and realize, oh, well, he needs to work on this, work on that. You end up deciding to go back to school, and they're like, next year comes around. You, I mean, you don't really get that much better, but you get a little bit better. And the combine comes around again, and you don't get invited because the NBA is like, well, we already saw what he couldn't do, and he didn't really show that he could really do that. So what's the point of us trying to see him again? And you kind of hurt yourself. And it kind of makes me think about life, you know, and when you are making one of the biggest decisions in your life, you can't be straddling the line one foot in, one foot out. You got to have both feet in and ready to attack it with a plan. So if you're going to come out, you need to come out. You know, the NBA just can't be having, having the chance to take a glimpse at you and not really, uh, oh, well, he does this well, he does that well. And, then the next year they're like, well, we saw what he does well, and uh, we already saw that. Like, who's the next guy coming up? And uh, I really think kids are getting confused. We're like, oh, I can early entry into the NBA draft, and that means something. But, no, it, it's almost hurting yourself um, rather than helping yourself. That's super interesting. So, like, in the case of Wigginton, do you think, like, looking back on his situation – should he have, like in hindsight, should he have not tested the waters after his freshman year? Yeah, I mean, we, it was like it wasn't a great team, you know. I, I just and he's a great player, but sometimes NBA guys may look at it like, listen, he already had, you know, what I mean, we saw what he yeah. could do, you know what I mean? And yeah. it was unfortunate. Then he gets injured, and then it's like just continues to be an uphill battle for the kid, and that you you feel bad for him because that's a tough thing to go through, uh, especially at the start of your season. Hmm. Yeah, there's an example. Um, yeah, let me give you this one. Like, I thought that when Deontay Burton did it, we all knew that Deontay wasn't going to go pro. But I do think it helped him in the sense that he came back. I thought he, you know, at least for a while, was much more of a modest basketball player, and I thought he played more within Coach Prohm's system that second year compared to the first. Like, in that scenario, like, would you advise, like, a, a guy later in his college career to do it over, say, you know, a freshman? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think you're more polished and different things like that. But if they've already seen you once your freshman year, like, what more? You're, you're putting pressure on yourself to make that a huge jump to where they want to see a little bit more your sophomore year, you yeah. know? So. It, it just puts more pressure on you to get better at a rapid pace rather than slowly getting better and then not knowing what you're getting better at. And then, bam, you pull up junior year and you have so much to offer for them. Do you, uh, what about the one and done? What do you think about it? It sounds like it's going to be gone uh, for 2020. So we got a, we got like a year left of one and dones. What do you, do you have an opinion on that? Yeah, no, I think you get rid of that. I mean, if kids don't want to go to college and, don't want to go to universities. I mean, you, you can't keep hurting universities that have to take these kids, one, because they're so good, but then, two, they're getting hurt because these kids don't want to finish school or they have to find out, am I going to have to recruit over this kid or behind this kid because who knows how long he's going to be. Yeah, it's it's certainly – and I, I, I almost could make the argument, too, and I, I'm not like an anti-one-and-done guy because I think that, like, if Zion – wants to come and play for you, you obviously are going to take him, you know. Yeah, I mean, you'd be a you'd be a fool not to. I mean, you're just going to be like, no, you're not going to be around here long enough. Come on. Let's, Correct. 
get over ourselves here. But I think, like, you look at Virginia this year, you know, there's not, like, that's not a team built of one and dones. And I, I think I could point to a lot of examples over the years where having enough of those one and done guys, I, even, like, you know, when when you were playing, like, in Diallo and that, that squad for Kansas, like, I, I think it could be detrimental to a point as well. But it, these coaches are in a difficult spot because it's like you get the talent. But I, I do think – We've seen a swing here in college basketball over the last few years because of the lot of things that you've been talking about where if you can find the sweet spot, kind of like Fred did with you guys, where he had enough four-year guys who really wanted to be there, you guys were the culture guys. I always think that Melvin Edgem doesn't get enough credit as far as you know instilling that culture at the start of the Hoiberg era. People forget that he was a Greg McDermott signee. And he stuck around, and he was the perfect guy to just be there for four years, and he kind of brought you in. But you always had four or five four-year dudes who were in the mix, and then you sprinkle in the transfers and the the JUCOs and whatnot, and then it really works. I mean, I, I just think that in the current state of college basketball, the one-year guys, man, they get a lot of the headlines, but I don't think they're the heart and souls of these teams. Right, and I think you have to want guys that want to be there. Like I was watching a, a documentary – uh, the other day, and someone said, he, he said that a coach had told him, he said, I want to look in your eyes. I want to be able to look in your eyes and know that you want the same things that I want. Because when I know that, then I know we're onto something special. And I, and I think it, that means something. You want to be able to look across at your teammate and know that he's thinking about how are we going to get to this NCAA championship game? How are we going to win this conference tournament? How are we going to knock off a team on the road? You want to know that. And if you look into your teammates' eyes with someone who's not that invested, who's halfway in, halfway out, thinks he's one and done, you, you're not building towards anything. Because at the end of the day, this isn't an individual sport. No. Everybody needs everybody. And uh, I think teams that come together the most for one common goal end up winning championships. Um, obviously, sometimes just just individual talent that takes you so far, but the, the people that put it all together and come together as a team are the teams that are the most successful. You can't tell me otherwise. No, I'm, I'm right there with you, my man. All right, NBA playoffs. Uh, East is tied up at two. Kawhi is an absolute monster. We hit on him last week. I, yeah. I, 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 I think that he's the most underrated player that maybe I've seen in my generation. Cause he's yeah, just because he's, he's, he's quiet. He's really like if good. he if he had the attitude or not the attitude, but if he had the demeanor of Russell Westbrook, like you tell me, Kawhi wouldn't be everywhere all the time. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean that that that's so true. But I mean, those guys that are silent assassins, I mean, that makes them kind of more valuable, don't you feel? I absolutely do. But I think, like in the scope of like a casual NBA fan who doesn't watch. You know, they maybe the the type that really starts paying attention in in April, right? I don't think that general basketball fans realize how good Kawhi is. No, be, and you know what that that's understandable because people that he does the little things on top of being a superstar. He does yeah. the things that other superstars sometimes don't really want to do. He's willing to guard the other team's best player. He's, you know, willing to go down there and rebound, offensive rebound, do the little things that make him so great. And I think people need to start cherishing that. But if someone doesn't get it and get the game of basketball, then they'll never cherish the special things that he's doing. But just just be happy, Chris, that 
you know what's going on and, and you can fully appreciate everything that he's doing because it is pretty special. Did, did you know that Nick Nurse was an Iowa State assistant basketball coach for like two days? Have you ever heard that story? No, I never heard that story. Are you That's serious? Crazy. Okay. No, I didn't. All right, so here's what happened. And I, I started talking about this on my radio show the other day and I really need to go back and like really research. I'm actually going to Vegas to hang out with Otzelberger here in a couple weeks and I'm going to get the scoop yeah. because he was on there campus when when all this happened. So McDermott leaves, Greg McDermott leaves for Creighton. And like 2 or 3 days before that, he had hired Nick Nurse to be his associate head coach. So I'm pretty sure and I'm sure some of our listeners are going to go and look this up for me, and I appreciate it if you guys do. And I, I'm going to yeah, do hold my Chris account- hold, yeah. hold Chris accountable, guys. Hold Chris accountable because if he's lying, no. this podcast is done. I know that it happened. I just don't know the specifics of how long he was there. But Nick Nurse was on Iowa State staff for like two or three days, one or three days, something like that. And then Fred got hired and didn't retain him. So, like, I'm pretty sure he got paid for, like, an entire year of work at Iowa State for, like, just being on the staff for a couple of days. Because he was the head coach of the G League team in Des Moines at the time. And that's why he got that job. And McDermott was kind of blowing the whole thing up. He had two assistants to hire. He hired Jeff Grayer and he hired Nick Nurse. And then Fred didn't retain either one of them. So they each got paid, and neither one of them ever coached in a game at Iowa State, but they were on the staff. That happened. That would happen just before they started recruiting you. Boom. That's called taking care of your own right there. That's big time. Yeah. <laughs> it was, no, that's funny. I mean, obviously we talk about beating the system. That's probably a, a way to do it. But um, Nick Nurse, is, I, I've heard a lot about him. I know he runs camps with uh, Leslie Moore. And um, I've, I've seen him back in Iowa with his uh, Toronto staff. And he does a great job, I think, for him to come along and really make things work and things happen. Um, it's pretty impressive and I think just speaks to his drive and his character to be able to come from where he's come from to leading a team in the Eastern Conference Finals. Okay, so here's my theory. is um, Are the Warriors – I get not the Warriors. Like Draymond seems like he's taking it up like a notch. In the West, oh, he's incredible, huh? Oh man, he's he's so good right now. Is it just because he, Kate, he's he's, he's like he's he's like he's like the ultimate teammate, right? Like um, I know people say like, oh, he he yells too much, he talks too much to the refs, like he's too hard on his guys, and then the whole beef with him and Kevin Durant, like this, that, and the other. But like, you need a you need a piece like that that, you know what I mean, can kind of direct traffic and be like the heartbeat of the team, right? So my freshman year, um, we had a, a transfers and JUCO guys, and there's some. There's one person on our team that, like, when you needed, like, a an extra umph, like some energy, and he would bring it. And, like, kid had a heart of gold. I mean, I'm sure everybody knows him, Tyrus McGee, right? Oh, yeah. And cared about everybody, came in and was like, came in off the bench and if, if things weren't going right, you know, he was going to hustle. He was going to bring his all. He was going to make some shots. If he wasn't making some shots, he was going to be defending someone full court. And, um, I think that generally starts with, with having a, a, a big heart. And I feel like, you know, this comes circles back to Draymond, like Draymond has a big heart. He cares. He wants to win. And I feel like the same way with Tyrus and 
the first time I noticed that was it was the end of summer school and, and we were all getting ready to leave and I was getting a workout in and Cyrus was coming in like saying bye to everybody and says bye to me and walks out of the Suka facility. So I'm still shooting and he runs back in. He's like, Hey George. I'm like, what Cyrus? He's like, don't forget to return your books. They're going to charge you for that. If you don't bring them back. Like, just like, just like the, it's a Tyrus story. And that's like the little things that like bring people together where like, I know you're looking out for me because you didn't have to do all that. And that, that makes someone feel good and be next to someone and want to work hard, harder for that person. I know it, it kind of doesn't really circle back to Draymond, but you, you no, kind of got to have those, you kind of have to have those teammates that are, are that, that those type of people. Are you kind of that guy? Um, you know, I would, I would say I'm kind of that catalyst. Um, you know, when I play, I'm really emotional. And, uh, yeah. when in college, I really play with like a lot of emotion. So sometimes I may have said some things that, you know, were out of emotion rather than actually what I was trying to get across. And sometimes that came to bite me in the rear, but I think, you know what I mean? I don't, I'm never going to apologize for who I am. What about know? now though? Like, cause I watch a lot, I watch more Utah jazz games than I care to admit because of you and Naz. And like right. you're you're always that guy though even if you're not playing like you're swinging the towel like I can see like in the middle of huddles like you're you're up in guys you know like it, it seems like you're kind of adopting that as well. Yeah, that's my role. I I kind of have to star in my role and be the best me I can in my role. So that's kind of what like I aim to do. And um obviously if I'm not playing, I have to bring energy in different ways, whether that's on the bench or telling guys they did a great job. And I think it it's helped me get to where I'm at today. And I think being an emotional leader is it, huge. And, and I think every team needs one. So I, here's my theory on Draymond. And you tell me, so it's, it's one of two ways. It's either KD's out and it's opened up all these opportunities to Draymond to do kind of what he – he used to do for that team or Draymond is kind of, I don't know. I feel like there's a little bit of an F you to Durant that's going on with this thing because I, the NBA is so weird. It's like part of the, part of the fun of the NBA is always looking ahead to next year and where are these free agents going to go? Like there's no way that the KD and the Knicks talk hasn't like infiltrated into that core group of warriors who were there before him. Uh, it, it might just be a conspiracy theorist, but I, I really feel no. like Draymond is trying to stick it to him. <laughs> I don't, I don't think he's trying to do that. I, I think Draymond has a point to prove because everybody was, you know, saying that he couldn't do this or do that, or they're, they're nothing without KD. And obviously I don't think it's an FU. I think it's kind of proven to himself and proven to other people that, you know, they're still the Warriors and they can still get things done. Um, obviously, everybody hears chatter in the NBA. You know what I mean? You, are you going to act like we're not real people and hear the stuff that goes on, that we're not whispering about it at our lockers and different things like that? Of course, that, that stuff happens. But what really matters at the end of the day? You know what I mean? Yeah. What really matters is, are you a winner? Did you win? Or did you lose? And, and that's really all it comes down to. And these guys aren't taking no for an answer, and they want to be winners. Yeah, it's fascinating. The just like the Instagram aspect of the NBA is 
It's probably my favorite part because it, it's kind of like watching a, a soap opera from day to day. Nonetheless, uh, one other thing I did want to hit you on, a guy who was integral in you being at Iowa State is TJ Otzelberger, one of your um, – he really helped recruit you when, when Fred was there. Now at UNLV, he's um, – in full disclosure, most of our audience knows this. He's one of my best friends. We – when he moved to Washington, we, we we became really close, and our wives got to be friends and all that. So I, I just want to throw that out there. But I I am curious. Oh, look at you, look at you guys. Oh, that's so cute. <laughs> well, you know what started? Here's what's interesting about it, George. Is when he got hired, he was 26 or 25, and I was yeah. 22 or whatever in doing this. And you know, it was kind of like professional, and we were just it was a professional relationship, and it really was. And then, you know, we were kind of growing up and learning on the job together. So we, you know, leaned on each other and, you know, that type of deal. But then when he moved, like, we became we became actual, like, friends and stuff. It was a weird deal. And I, I'm just a big fan of his. I think that he'll do great in Vegas. I was curious because that is a hard job. I cannot imagine being a Division One basketball player and looking across, like, you know, I'm, I'm doing practice and seeing the strip across the street it seems like a really difficult place to help raise 20 year old men what what do you think about Ots in that job uh, I think it's perfect I think TJ does a great job of building relationships and honestly uh, giving you cold hard facts and keeping it real with you and uh, I think this is a perfect job for him because I think he's always deserved to uh, be a head coach and now that he's going to do it for a high major program in a in a big time city is um, it's probably everything you know. What I mean, the guys ever dreamed about. And uh, he's done so much for me in my career and to help me out. And I couldn't be more thankful for him. And to be honest, I'm I'm just ecstatic for him because obviously UNLV is a tough job for for some people, but I don't think it's a tough job for TJ because he's a no BS guy. You know, I, I think you're going to come in and you're going to do things his way. And his ways have worked. You know what I mean? He's led South Dakota State, I think it was two out of the three years, to an NCAA tournament. And um, so he's going to get his guys in there to do what he wants them to do, and he's proven that his way works. And uh, I can't wait to see that happen uh, for him at UNLV. He just signed Naz's little brother too, right? Yeah, that's big. Looks like he's trying to keep it all in the family, which is exciting. Naz's little brother, Elijah, is uh, is a stud. He does a lot of great things. He's going to be a pure point guard for them, and it's looking like they needed that, so I'm excited to see it. How far are you guys from Vegas? Uh, Utah, we're probably like a four-hour drive. Okay, so it's not terrible. Yeah, pop pop over for a night. Yeah, you know, do some do some gambling. Hit yeah. up uh, hit hit up hit up the strip for a little bit. I've never been to Vegas. I'm going for the first time in two weeks. Really, really? Because it was funny. Wow, you're missing. I was You're talking, missing out, man. I've heard. I was talking you know, to you know TJ. The, do, you know, do, you, do you know the saying? What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas? I've heard. Or? I've heard. Yeah. Okay. Well, he offered to let me. He's like, just stay at my house. And I was just like, yeah. I don't know. Like, you got three kids. You got your, you know, your wife's going to want to go to bed early. I just, I don't yeah. know if that's really the Vegas thing that I want to experience, you know? Like, I mean, I'll yeah, come over and have dinner and stuff and, like, hang out and I'll go to the facility and do all that, but I don't really think that I want to hang out at the Otzelberger house when I'm there. No, you want to be up late, you know what I mean? Acting wild, uh, 
you know, they do serve bush light out there, so you'll be fine. Do they really? Uh, yeah, they do. You, you'd think uh, they'd just do all the high-end stuff. But, no, you can find some bush light out there. I'm sure you'll be having having one tucked in your back pocket. <laughs> I just uh, figured it would be like $15, like, olive martinis and crap. That's, that's what I think of when I think of Vegas. It's probably why I've never been out there. So, yeah, that'll be um, – it'll just be interesting me – like I'm, I've lived in Iowa my whole life in Southern Iowa for a lot of it in Las Vegas for the first time. I am going to be with a friend. Um, so we'll see like, but, but much of the trip, like George, it'll just be me wandering around the strip alone. And Uh why does, I I don't know. It's like the, um, have you ever seen Talladega nights with Will Ferrell? Yes, I have. But hey, if you're wandering around the strip if, and you see a showgirl sign, I suggest you walk in and don't tell your wife. <laughs> I was—I thought you were going to say go the other way. You well, you should do that too. It depends what Chris Williams we're dealing with. Um, like I, there's the Ricky Bobby where he he's being interviewed by the pit reporter. He's like, I don't know what to do with my hands. I feel like that'll be me. <laughs> In Vegas, like I'm just, I'm not sure, I'm not quite sure what to expect. Oh my God! Hey, Cyclone fans, if you're going to be out in Vegas, or when Chris Williams is going to be out there, make sure you go out there and show him a real time. His <laughs> first time in Vegas should be his best, you know. So let's make sure he does it upright. I was hoping that um, Otzelberger would be able to hook me up with like some, you know, some goodies out there. I don't think he's got a big enough name out in the desert yet, though. Unfortunately. Hey. You know, you know what I realized in this life? You got to earn it. And he, <laughs> and he will, for sure. But uh, no, that should be a fun trip. That should be a real fun trip. What do you, uh, um, so like, if I'm an Iowan walking around, like when, how would you describe like an Iowan as far as, because you're, you're at, you're an East Coast guy, but you lived in Iowa for, you know, the, some, some important years of your life. Like if you're an outsider, because there was this lady, who's covering the the caucus and she put out like this tweet last weekend and it got everybody all fired up where it was like her interpretations of Iowa and it pissed everybody off. What would your, like if you were to describe um, one of your Utah jazz teammates has never been to Iowa, how would you describe us? Mm. Well, first off me and Kyle Corver would attack this. Oh yeah. Forgot about him. Question. But, uh, you know, obviously, I, I think I was just full of authentic people, and uh, they do like really cool shit, man. Really cool stuff. Like what? And it's just, I don't know. Like I, I haven't got to experience this. Like I kind of want to be adopted into the Iowa family, but like I haven't done Rag Bry. I haven't been to Lake Ogaboji. You know what I mean? I've done the Des Moines Farmers Market, but like. What, yeah, I guess I'm asking, what do I got to do to get like adopted into the family, fans? You know, what I mean, send send me in your your thoughts. But it's just the the stuff that they do. They're all connected. It's you come into a a football game and you may not know anybody, but then there's someone who is at your 75 person high school that knows <laughs> your aunt and your cousin and is your long lost stepsister. And it's just so cool how everyone in Iowa is just connected. It's like a whole one big family, except for that part that, that's down east. I, I I don't know. That's that's the ugly side of the family. Yeah. But the, um, right where Ames, Iowa is, it's a it's a whole big family. And, 
it's just a, a great place to be, man. Simple living and people just live the right way and put all the BS aside and just have fun. Maybe and I'm. And that's something I always want to be a part of. Maybe I'm the minority, but I've never wanted to do rag bray. Like it, it is not you, appealing to me. Are you, are you kidding me? I'd love to do it. Ride two miles, then hop on the the, the trailing bus and 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 hang out <laughs> and drink for the rest of the ride. Yeah, that that sounds perfect to me, buddy. All right, I would do that, but like I wouldn't ever want to like truly do rag bray. Like it just seems. Like I'm okay with biking around trails to like different bars and stuff, but man, like that, I got mad respect for anybody who actually bikes that thing. But I guess you're right; most of them probably don't. Yeah, Chris. Let's be honest with you. Me and you finishing Ragbri, there's a better chance of, of <laughs> seeing uh, pigs fly. Come on. All right. Let when your when your career's over, whenever that might be, we'll do that. We're gonna get a Ragbri team. <laughs> Can we can we train can we train for ragby and like make a video of it with the Rocky music in the, in the back? Yeah, as long but we both have to wear those like tight biker shorts. Um, I feel like that'll make I, it funny. I, mean, I don't know about I don't I don't know about you. Uh, we might have to give you some socks, but I step to the urinal with pride. <laughs> you obviously don't know about me, then Yang. <laughs> oh man, let's reel it in, reel it in. This is my podcast. Reel it in. Kids are listening to this. Uh, old man game, if if they're yeah. if we're smart. Um, yeah. Okay, so you mentioned that Okaboji is great. I've done it a couple times. It's not like the I don't know. I I, I think you're okay. Like I don't think you have to like go to Okaboji once a year to be considered an Iowan. Because like I'm, I think if you live south of Des Moines, there's a lot better options. Like you may as well drive down to Missouri to the Lake of the Ozarks. It's like Okaboji on crack. It's a lot better. Um, I'm not. It's nice. I'm not crapping on Okaboji. I just think that I think that you're. I I think that you are an Iowan. I think that you'd be considered by by most to be an Iowan at this point. I mean, you're you, you're immersed in our culture. You you know the one thing about Iowans that like from a pure sports perspective, college sports mean more to them than pros. So like, that's, that's like a big deal to me. Cause like, it's either you bleed Iowa or you bleed Iowa state and like everything else is kind of on the side where I feel like in most States, it's kind of the opposite. Right. Yeah. No, I, I think you're, com- you're, you're, you're completely right about that. You are, you're so right. I mean, they're, they're just, uh, as we would say, loyal to the soil. That's true. Have you ever been? Uh, have you ever um, partied in a cornfield? <laughs> I tell you, I'd have to kill you. No, I mean, I think when when you're an Iowa State student, you you've tried ev- everything. I, okay. I remember there was a there was a. I lived across the street from DeAndre Kane. Everybody knows the great DeAndre Kane, and he lived above three kids that were from I don't even remember the name, but the middle of nowhere in Iowa. It was like two hours northwest, right? Or maybe maybe it was maybe it was southwest. Um, I'm not sure. But one day um, they're like, hey, you guys want to go shoot some guns like down at my family's place and this, that, and the other. And it was crazy. It was me, DeAndre Kane, Naz, and um, these three kids driving down two and a half, two hours I think it was Southwest Iowa. That's where I'm from, and, baby. 
Yeah, and and I honestly think like it was like the wild wild west. You drove through one street that had like all the shops, and his his father's cousin owned this shop, and then his grandmother owned this shop, and we ate in a restaurant that his family run, and everybody knew everybody. And as soon as we walked in, they were like, "Whoa!" You know what I mean? Who who brought? You know what I mean? Like foreigners were looked at like who who are these people? And then oh, when yeah. you're graciously greeted by everybody when they know you're you're fine, it's it's like this is what it's all about. You mean experiencing things you've never got to experience. So we got to spend a whole day. I I remember we ate, um, this guy's homemade, uh, tomatoes and the juices that he made from the tomatoes. And it was, it was the coolest thing ever. Obviously we got to shoot guns. I don't like to promote that with everything that's going on. Um, Oh, don't worry. But it was just a, it was a super cool experience in the middle of the cornfield. And like, I would have never gotten to experience that if I didn't go to Iowa state and, people around us weren't as welcoming as they they were that's what we do though in southern iowa so i say you don't have to apologize to it. I, I told this story on the radio last week like this is how much the world's changed like me and my friends would walk around my hometown with bb guns just shooting sparrows and squirrels we just walk around the streets and nobody would even look at us weird like we're like 12 years old walking around with guns and that was just like okay back then so right. it's just a culture thing. It's not like a, I, I don't know. It's that's what we do. There's nothing else to do. So we would take our trucks and we would listen to music and we would drink beer in cornfields like that. You, at some point you have to create your own fun. And we were stupid a lot of the times, but that was just how it was just kind of how we grew up. I don't know. I don't even know how else to explain it. We'd, we'd roast hogs, you know, like <laughs> you ever, you ever been to a hog roast? I haven't. I haven't. I think that would make me more Iowan. Uh, that's my. I'm putting this on my bucket list for this summer. Ragbri, Ogaboji, hog roast, drinking in a cornfield. I can do the hog roast and the drinking in a cornfield for you. Those are simple. Like I, I can take care of that. You tell me when you're coming back, and I'll get you to a hog roast. Oh, hey, I'm in. I'm in. Just know I'm in. You know when I come back for my charity golf tournament. Uh, July 29th, for any of you that want to sign up, um, it's going towards a great cause, YSS, um, helping young kids. Um, so if anybody wants to sign up, uh, it's going to be a great time. A lot of free gifts. And it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be really exciting. There's going to be some, some special guests. I can't uh, release those names just yet because uh, I, I just wouldn't want to spoil a surprise. So nice. I wish you guys all come down. YSS, tell me more about that. What is that? cause um you know um to be honest with you it's it, it's about uh children it's for children um that are either adopted and um well, well let me let me tell you why the main main reason why yeah, i yeah. i uh, cho- uh chose it is because i believe that my childhood um was so great and so many people influenced my childhood and it it was so great for me. And I realized how blessed I was. And I realized that there's some kids out there that were dealt a bad hand. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Something happened to their parents and they had to kind of move as they could. And, and it just wasn't, it wasn't fair. You know what I mean? Life is, life is just sometimes tougher on other people. And, um, so with YSS, you know, the, the biggest thing with them is that, you know, I think this is giving, it gives children, you know, the opportunity, you know, 
to, to make their life safe, um, to learn skills, um, to heal their wounds with, with love and, and grow confidently and be a strong person. And I think that takes help. And um, my mom has told me before, she was like, George, I didn't raise you myself. It took a village to raise you. And I think the more people that you have to love and show compassion to your children, um, the better off they'll be. And I think this is an important program and they definitely show those things. So I'm just so excited to be involved with them and really come together as one on a special day where we can all have fun and really know that all of us having fun is going towards a great cause. Yeah, it's uh, Monday, July 29th. Is that at Ames Country Club again like it was last yes, year? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. The one, the only. So come down. If you want to have some good drinks, good time and hang out with good people, you know, that, that's what it's all about. Yeah, definitely get that on your calendars, everybody. All right, um, we're we're out of time, man. So I'm going to – let's I'll load up on fan mail for next week, and we can get, like, uh, a bunch of fan questions in. We'll start, we'll, we'll, we'll start off with, with, with the fan question. How about okay. that? That sounds good. I'm down with that. Yeah. Um, tell Naz hi from everybody because we know he's your boy. I will. I will. We got to get Naz on. I saw Naz was the first person to retweet this podcast last week. Yeah, I stole his phone and did that. Are no, you, I'm kidding. Are you coming for Prom's no. reunion thing coming up in a couple weeks? I'm going to be there. Everybody should come for that. It's always a blast to see the people from the past, the the present, and, you know, the. It, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. that's a, that will, So we'll have to get together when you do that for a live show. Or not necessarily and, a live and, show, but in person. Yeah, and uh, maybe even a little before that. Yeah, absolutely. I'm in. All right, brother. Yes, have, sir. have a great week. This was always great. Go Cyclones.